Hi, it's Dom here, pastor at Assemble Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you find what you're looking for today and that you are challenged, inspired, and equipped to live out the life that God has for you. Enjoy the message today. Okay, as, as Dom said, we've uh, finished with John, but there, there's a kind of a linkage between John's gospel and, and what we're thinking about this morning. Uh, and it comes right at the end of chapters 20 and 21, really, uh, where, where it makes reference, if you can recall from previous weeks, that it says that things are recorded in John's gospel that you might believe. Um, but also it has that catchment that's saying other things also Jesus did. Uh, so in a sense, what we're doing this morning is thinking about one of those other things, uh, it is a resurrection appearance, so it's right sort of in keeping with the, the Easter season. Uh, it's the story of the road to Emmaus, which uh, a number of you will certainly uh, be, be aware of. What, what kind of groove are you in at the minute? I, is it uh, a sort of a, a stable, a steady, a flat groove? where the only thing that you have to worry about is how can I get the top off the marmalade jar? Or where did I park my car? Are you in that groove where you just sit back and you watch TV and uh, you get your lap, uh, laptop or, or, or phone and get into the social media and you just dream what if? But what if? What if things were different? What if your world, your bubble, was actually more important than just sitting around the performing arts or, or, or social media? What if we metaphorically got out of our chairs and went walking and talking and sharing, and particularly in the context for today, walking and talking and sharing the gospel? If we walked and talked and shared, what effect might that have as it multiplies, ripples out into our, our country? Our country which is sub-Christian. Sorry if you disagree with my take, but um, I do believe that it's less, much less than it needs to be in the kingdom of God. Two people who did go out walking and talking were Cleopas and another disciple. I feel sorry for the other disciple because at least Cleopas gets his name mentioned. But the other disciple, well, I suppose, I suppose his first name could be other. And in keeping with that, maybe its second name is disciple. But I somehow feel that, that that's not quite, not quite the story. They'd been to Jerusalem and they'd come back buzzing. They, they were talking, they were wrestling, they were trying to sort it all out because, as we know from the Easter story, what had really hit them hard was the reality that, that the rabbi, the master, the saviour, the messiah, whatever their take was, he'd gone to Calvary. He died on a cross. But for Cleopas and the other disciple, it, it wasn't a case of, well, well, that's done, isn't it? They just said, well, 
What, what, what happened as they walked back to Emmaus? Interestingly, we don't know anything about Emmaus either. We, we, we can't even place Emmaus in, in our world today with no, no clue as to where Emmaus really is. But they were walking this seven-mile journey between Jerusalem and, and Emmaus, and they were still buzzing. What, it, what did he promise us? How did it happen? What people were involved? They just couldn't stop talking about it. They were walking and talking and sharing. Let's read the first bit of the story, which is in Luke 24. I'm going to read firstly verses 13 to, to 16. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. We don't know whether Cleopas and the other disciple were friends, were acquaintances who had just met at the Jerusalem uh, celebration. We don't know whether they were, were neighbours. There's more that we don't know about the, the detail than, than, than we do know. One thing is clear, and verse 14 points to it, that they were sharing at a very deep level because they were sharing everything that, that they had experienced. They were sharing their own experiences of, uh, of wonder, but also of confusion and disappointment. In, in verse 15, it talks about the way their, their, their fellowship had deve developed along the way. And maybe, just maybe, it's because they were talking and sharing about Jesus, that he stepped in. Have you thought about that? Have you thought that when you open your Bible at some time during the day, and you kind of miss the point? You, the point is, probably Jesus was saying, well, that took you time. Or, or to send up, a, or be a brief prayer. That's really been on your heart and your mind. But Jesus draws near and says, yes, yes, my child. Why didn't you share that earlier? Jesus stepped in. Stepped into their doubt, their own situation, their own complication. You know, sometimes when you're talking and walking and you're having a good chat uh, and you're talking about the night before or you're talking about where you're going on your holidays or you're talking about the government, there's plenty to talk about there, and someone just edges in and you think, do you mind? We're, we're, we're kind of having our own conversation here. 
Cleopas and the other disciple could have said that to Jesus. But they knew that something was happening in, in, in their lives. They didn't push Jesus away. Another little marker point. Are there times in our lives where we just put Jesus on hold? We just push him away a little. But their fellowship continued during that time. Uh, and popping forward to verse 29, we can see that it was a case of Carpe Diem. Seize the day. Jesus was here. It doesn't matter where you're going to sleep. It doesn't matter if you've got enough potatoes or, 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 or whatever. Perhaps you haven't got any pajamas. They needed to hold on to Jesus because they had, driven, they had moved closer to Jesus. And Jesus had moved physically close in this case to them. And they didn't want to lose that moment. Isn't it incredible at a time where mass communications are, are so powerful and influential with our little um, handheld phone that has got more power than when I first started work uh, in a, a computer environment where there was about six buildings that now have the power to do what my phone does. And yet, with such... Wonderful technology. What is it about people, about us maybe, that are not communicating as well as we might? That we're not walking and talking and sharing. Maybe in a physical way, but especially in a metaphorical way. How many divine opportunities are we missing? Because we're not sharing, we're not receiving, we're not reading. First mark. Did you think you were going to have three points to this sermon? I've got inflation is rife. We're going to have seven. First one is fellowship. We see Cleopas and the other disciple. Having fellowship, being open to the fellowship of others. And drawing in and drawing closer to Jesus as they walk and talk. Fellowship, the second mark of, and, and these were really marks of discipleship. That's what we're talking about this morning. Marks of discipleship. The second one it is about faith and hope. And for this, uh, I'm going to read verses 17 to 24. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you only a visitor to Jerusalem? And do you not know the things that have happened here, there in, in, in these days? What things, Jesus asked, about Jesus of Nazareth? They replied, he was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death. And they crucified him. But we had hoped he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. 
And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him, they did not see. I'm sorry, we're only on point two. Second mark uh, uh, of discipleship, faith and hope. Verse 18, don't you know what has happened? Ask clear pass. What things was Jesus' reply? Like not knowing it's the coronation next weekend. Then we have the first statement of faith. He was a prophet. Powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. Amidst the excitement and the uncertainty... It was now the third day. Verse 17 records that their faces were downcast. In verse 20, they retell the story of the crucifixion. But in terms of the resurrection, they said, we had hoped. Not we hope, but we had hoped. Friends, there are too many people, some of which we know, some of which are in our community, and some of which are much further afield. Was it Dom this morning that, that uh, mentioned the word prodigals? That is a statement of a prodigal. We had hoped, not that we hope, but we had hoped. It's great that our church fills. It's great that people are turning back to Jesus through assemble. But friends, there are far more people not too far away from you or me who are in that groove that says, yeah, once it was great, we had hoped. Friends, you need to walk alongside. If you get the opportunity, you need to share the hope and not the disappointment of we had hoped. In verses 22 to 24, we see that the door was, was left, the door of hope was left ajar because the body is not there. There's a vision of angels, and the inspection by companions said, But him we did not see. The empty tomb, which we've been centering upon in recent weeks. 
But Jesus rebukes them. And he says in verses 25 to 26, how slow of heart to believe. The true disciple hopes and believes. True disciple will pray that prayer that you have been praying for years and years. But the true disciple, the believer, the one filled with hope, goes on praying. The believer believes that there will be some form of revival and church growth. And praise the Lord, we're seeing the first fruits in assemble. The true believer will believe and hope and know that God answers prayer. So to the third mark of discipleship, uh, and that is excitement. Uh, I'm going to read verses 32 to 34 for this. They asked each other, were not our hearts, our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, it is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Going back to verse 22, we, we, we state the, the Bible states the obvious because it says in verse 22, the woman, the women had amazed us. Well, don't we know that's a regular event? And in verse 24, the companions, they, they rush back into the tomb. But verse 32 is, for me, it's a kind of a central verse in this story. Because in verse 32, it says, their hearts burned. And in verse 34, the excitement, the triumph. It is true, the Lord has risen. Heady days. Can you remember? Some of you don't have to go back very far. Some of us have to go back a, a long way. What was it? Was it the youth club? Was it the, uh, the, the special events, the outings, going to bigger meetings? What was it that made your heart burn? I'm a little bit old in the tooth now, as they say. But I have to ask it myself. Does my heart still burn for Jesus? Sometimes I have to be honest and I disappoint myself, let alone Jesus. But I know that my heart did burn and it continued to burn and the Holy Spirit gave me more and more. But does it burn as it once did? 
God can use your excitement. For goodness sakes, we've got Dom as our pastor who doesn't know any way other than excitement. So good. <laughs> so, so exciting. Are you like the kitchen knife that's got uh, an eternal edge, or so they tell us? Or are you like a kitchen knife that needs uh, the old-fashioned strop or, 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 or knife sharpener? I'm pretty sure I'm the one that needs the knife sharpening. And the only way I'm going to get my knife sharpened is by going to Jesus. By asking more and more from the Holy Spirit. Wanting newer and newer experiences, even in my eighth decade. If you can't work that out, it doesn't mean I'm 80. Fellowship, faith and hope, excitement. Fourth mark, we're getting there. Seeking. Seeking a mark of the disciple. I'm going to read just verse 27 for this one. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets... He explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. In verse 27, Jesus, Jesus doesn't say, well, you've seen it all, you've met me, you've, you've got the t-shirt. But by turning to the Old Testament, he's really showing them that meeting Jesus, meeting the Holy Spirit, maybe for the first time, is just a beginning. And so he needs to, to open up the scriptures to, to Cleopas and the other disciple. I don't know what he was, was talking about. He'd be talking about some form of history of, of what happened, of, of, of maybe going back as far as Abraham, uh, of how the, the chosen people of God became a nomadic people wanting to follow the ways of God in, in, into God's um, positioning. He would have told them about the breadth of, of Scripture, about the providence of God, about the promises of the Messiah. You know where it says, and Jesus opened the Scriptures to them? I know one day we'll have the chance to ask him, but I'm curious to know which bit of Scripture... Did, did, did he share with them? Was it, was it something like Isaiah 53 that, that, that talks about the suffering servant and, and saying how this is the, 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 the centerpiece of the whole of the, uh, of, of the Christian faith? Would he have gone back to Exodus and just reminded them of, of, of where salvation all began with the crossing of, uh, of the Red Sea? I just wonder what... What scriptures just burned into their, into their heart? And so Cleopas, he, he couldn't get enough of it. Jesus, don't go. You must stay almost, you know, stay forever. We're having such a fabulous time. Please don't go. Well, of course, we can rationalize that and talk about the Holy Spirit and the scriptures that we have and, and the prayer that we can use. But, but for them, it was this Carpadean moment. Don't go, Jesus. There's so much more we want to hear. What happens when the seeker finds? The seeker walks and talks. 
when you've had that hot burning moment, when you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, when you've been born again, you must and you should just want to share it. Sometimes we think our, our, our test, uh, testimonies are, are, are a bit dusty and, and old. And some of them are, but it doesn't matter. Because some people still have to go through that process uh, of asking Jesus into their lives. And the way you felt years ago is just as relevant to you and maybe as relevant to the other person who's seeking Wanting to know the wonder of, uh, 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 of God. And as a church, we must resource and encourage seekers. That having found, they go walking and talking on the road. It sounds like I'm doing a commercial for our walking group tomorrow morning. <laughs> um, okay. Fifthly, fifth point, abiding, uh, mark of a discipleship. Reading verses 29 to 31. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And he disappeared from their sight. They urged him to stay. But quickly and mysteriously, he departed as he came. We need to abide with Jesus in what, whatever that means to you. Probably in personal devotion. But also maybe in, in, in mission. But we also need to understand that Jesus is there for all people. He can't just have you as his personal right hand. Because everyone ultimately has that ability to become his right hand, and more importantly, the message still needs to be gotten out there. There are people who still do not know the good news of Jesus. We need to abide. St. Bernard of Clairvaux, who was a 12th century monk, as it happened, he was the founder of the Cistercian Order. He said these words, the world says, come to me, and I will fail you. The flesh says, come to me, and I will destroy you. Christ says, come to me, and I will give you rest. Abiding in Christ, even walkers have to sit down and have a rest. He is for all people. Sixthly, penultimately, fellowship, faith and hope, excitement, seeking, abiding, and sixthly, divine recognition. Two disciples had it laid on a, on a plate for them. 
Jesus was ministering to them. But until that moment that Jesus broke the bread, they were unaware of who was in their presence. Verse 16 is curious. It, it, just in passing, really, it says, they were kept from recognizing him. That's a, a curious verse, and I don't think anyone's absolutely sure of what the answer is. Some might suppose that for some reason Jesus is, is holding back, but that's probably not likely in, in this particular context. Or maybe it's just that the two disciples are so busy looking down and going in, inwards that, that they just fail to see who's right in front of them until that moment that Jesus breaks the bread. When I went to Bible college about 300 years ago, there was a, a course that we did that was called Signs of the Kingdom. So we looked at scripture and we had lectures and studied, blah, 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 blah. But as a fundamental part of this course on the signs of the kingdom was to go into Bristol City Centre, which is where I studied. And the purpose of going to Bristol late at night on a Saturday night was to actually see the signs of the kingdom. Now, we could have gone to a church on a Sunday morning, and I'm sure we did that as well. But on that particular Saturday night, the whole business of signs of the kingdom and going into the Bristol city centre, seeing people pie-eyed from drink, seeing people falling over, seeing aspects of, of community as people came round and and help, the divergence of different cultures mixing together. It was just a, a simple reminder and yet so profound that we can find the signs of the kingdom if we look in unexpected places. Because Jesus is not just for Sunday mornings, folks. That's a surprise. Signs of the kingdom are in the world. I, ch I challenge you this week, this month, whatever. Just look outwards. Look and, and see where the signs of the kingdom might be. That ooze Jesusness in unexpected places. Fellowship, faith, hope, excitement, seeking and abiding, divine recognition, and oh, finally. What does the disciple, what does the passage say about the disciples' commitment? And commitment comes from excitement in many ways. In verse 22, the women have gone to the tomb. The result, they dashed off to tell others. I'm back again to verse 32. Their hearts burning. They returned at once to the eleven. It wasn't something to, to keep to themselves. Their hearts burned. They had to go. And we don't know what happened in the longer term. 
But I'm sure they would have just gone and shared and walked and talked with other people. Friends, my question this morning is quite simply, will you walk and talk with Jesus? Will you walk and talk with fellow walkers? And if you spot the signs that they're seeking, just let the Spirit minister to you and share with them. I pray this week you'll walk and talk with someone who's become something of a prodigal. I pray too that you'll have that excitement. Not apologising for what Jesus means to you, but celebrating that excitement. Seven aspects of discipleship. Deep in fellowship with friends and strangers alike. Movable in faith and strong in hope. Easily excitable for Jesus. Always seeking the revelation of God. Abiding in his love. Always aware of his presence in the most unlikely of places. Fully committed to his kingdom ways. Friends, I don't know whether you've had that heart-burning experience. I have. It's taken me in a, on different roads, sometimes in unexpected places. And sometimes I've known that I've not been walking and talking. Some things I've done don't honour him. But I wouldn't change a day. I wouldn't change a moment. Knowing that whether I'm on top of the mountain or in the dale, he's there. But there's nothing better when your heart burns. Looking back, looking as it is, looking forward in hope. Some of you may not fully know what I'm talking about. Neither does Sue, but don't worry. But have you had a sense? It's, it's a difficult environment to actually have a deeper sense of the heart burning. But do you know enough of Jesus in your life, the Holy Spirit within? Have you recognised that if your heart burns, you go walking and talking and sharing? Sometimes with people very close to you. I'm going to pray. Let's move into our latter ass act of, of, of worship. And if there's much that you don't know, but 
maybe you just have something of the essence of the Holy Spirit meeting with you this morning, maybe for the first time. Have you got the, the prayer of commitment? If this is for you, just say the words for me, whether it's the first time or or the 50th time. Dear Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I have sinned against you. Thank you for dying on the cross to save me from the effects of my sin. You have done what I could never do by myself. I repent of my old ways and ask you to lead and guide me. With your help, I will live my life for you. I confess with my mouth and with my heart that you are Lord. Thank you for the salvation I receive and my eternity spent with you. Amen. Friends, if that prayer, that essence is new to you, then have a word with Don, me, people in the, the, the prayer team, and just share, because they will share some of their excitement before you pray as well, because there's plenty to be excited about when your heart burns. Let's continue in some way. That's all for now. We pray that you heard something that brought life to you today so that you may go and be the person that God called you to be. God bless you.